When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. This report brought to you by Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, call 310-GLASS today. Nurse, beautiful move to the net. Great time score! And Edmonton completes a dramatic comeback! Riley takes the step, settles into the pocket. He's got some time. Now he's going deep, looking down the sidelines. Oh, what a catch! And that's going to be a touchdown all the way to the end zone for Darrell Walker. An absolute bomb. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Callahan sends it lazily down the left-hand boards. I don't like Joseph. Lucci just gave him a two-hander right in the back of the way. Oh, he drilled him again. He's going after him. Yeah. Lucic has him in the corner, and Tampa's going to defend their teammate here. McDavid trying to keep guys out of the pile. Benning, and this has gotten nasty throughout the game. We've seen a lot of pushing and shoving. Lucic pounding away on Matthew Joseph. He had it coming to him. He's played a cheap game all night, and the owners had enough of it. And boy, Tampa's bench is really upset. Luch worked him over pretty good. And for that, Milan Lucic has been fined ten thousand dollars. He had a phone hearing today. He gets fined ten grand. That is the most you can be fined under the rules of the collective bargaining agreement. That, of course, uh, a punishment for frightening Tampa Bay's Matthew Joseph. Okay, for roughing and for interfering against Joseph last night in Tampa Bay. And Lucic, who uh, has not been able to score has flat out not been able to score. He has two goals in his last 61 games, going back to the midway point of last season. Uh, has been more physical this year. Hasn't been able to finish his scoring opportunities, but uh, did do something last night after Matthew Joseph uh, drilled Chris Russell into the end boards. Russell uh, was cut a bit on the play, so a few shifts later, Lucic goes out there, finds Joseph, and uh, gives him a little discipline. Look, this is something that comes up on, on talk shows like this every once in a while. I know we talked about some of this type of thing early in the season when Brad Marchand got mad at Lars Eller for celebrating. There are things that happen on the ice, players feeling embarrassed, players feeling a teammate was, uh, was treated unjustly, players feeling, well, the refs aren't doing anything about it, so I'm going to do about it. And I have often uh, you know, said that you know, players uh, should be punished for doing something that is outside the rules and for going after a player and perhaps trying to hurt them. I think Milan Lucic could have hurt Matthew Joseph and probably could have hurt him quite badly if he wanted to. He uh, he body-checked him. Joseph didn't have the puck. He body-checked him. He sat on him. He, he appeared to cuff him, 
kind of like how you might slap your dog if he puts his nose in the other dog's bowl, uh, and and then he appeared to issue some uh, pretty stern warnings about what might happen uh, if this were to happen again. Uh, look, it, it, to, to me, Lucic, the Oilers are out of that game at that point. They're down 5-2. I don't think they'd played poorly, but they, they couldn't finish their chances. Vasilevsky made a couple of great saves. Tampa Bay finished theirs. Their, their scores did better than the Oilers' scores. And uh, Lucic decided to do something about it. And while I will say, okay, that, that type of thing is... It, look, it, he did it. He should be punished. He was punished and probably something the Oilers needed. And in the grand scheme of things, uh, I didn't think it was certainly as dirty or as excessive as a lot of things we have seen. If he sits there and pounds on him or drives his head onto the ice, uh, I think we're having a totally different conversation. Totally different conversation. Lucic is trying to to make an impact for the Edmonton Oilers in, in any way because, as we know, it's not there on the score sheet. Uh, you know, the, the old... Uh, word in hockey is he is sending a message all right fair enough the they're going to play tampa bay one other time this year matthew joseph may not even play in that game uh but i think you know maybe it sends it to uh, other guys around the league and maybe most importantly he sends it to his teammates where he's saying you know what guys i i can't score I'm not scoring, but but I'll try to mix it up and try to do some other stuff to maybe get noticed and, and maybe try to rally people a little bit. You can let me know what you think about the incident, 780-496-0063, and about the fine, if, if you think maybe he couldn't be fined more than that under the rules. Under the rules, should have it been a suspension? Or should the NHL simply uh, have said, no, sometimes we just got to let the players uh, do some things on their own and not done anything. You can chime in. 780-496-0063 is the phone number. You can also text 630-630. All right. My name is Reed Wilkins. It is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Ched, you'll hear a little bit from Mike Riley tonight. Thoughts on uh, being a free agent coming up in the new year. And at 730, the last Eskimos coaches show of the season. Jason Moss and Morley Scott. That is from 7.30. Uh, Jason Moss met with Brock Sunderland last night. There has been no Eskimos news today. And uh, Jason Moss is coming in. I know there's a lot of speculation about possible changes, but at least for now, uh, at least for now, he remains the head coach of, uh, of the Eskimos. And we'll see what happens. Playoff football coming up this weekend in the CFL. And maybe... Well, it not maybe. It is another step towards putting a team in Halifax, though there are still a lot of maybes surrounding there actually being a team there. They're, they're looking for money for season ticket deposits. They're looking for fan suggestions on the name of the team. And they don't have a stadium. So that, we'll, we'll go to Halifax and talk to Sarah Ritchie with Global a little bit later on. Kelly Rudy's scheduled to join us as we roll along tonight. You can text 63630. Uh, this person simply says, if I was Russell, I would pay that fine for him. Uh, and Jason from Sangudo says, Lucic held him down and made him say, I love crepes. Aren't those thin pancakes? LOL. That is Jason from Sangudo. I don't know if people know this, Kel. Sangudo is, mm. cra- is the crepe capital of Alberta. Ooh. You want crepes, you go to Sangudo. 
I will have to that's check a, that out next summer. It's a little little known fact. San Gudo known for its crepes. So that's why Jason's texting in about that. NHL tonight, it is Pittsburgh leading Washington 1-0 with three and a half minutes left in the first period. Later on tonight, the Predators play the Avalanche. Now, the Avalanche are going to be here to face the Oilers on Sunday night and a late one tonight. And Kelly Rudy's going to join us before he broadcasts this game. The Flames take on the Ducks. Calgary at 9-5-1. Anaheim at 6-7-3. And, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> Just click back to the text slide and I see this. We already have a name suggestion for the Halifax team. By the way, the actual names that they want people to vote on are uh, Atlantic Admirals, Atlantic Convoy, Atlantic Storm, Atlantic Schooners. They are going to call it Atlantic, not Halifax. And they're not going to capitalize the name, are they? Well, hold on. Uh-oh. Don't get ahead of yourself, Kellen. Why are you so anti-capital letters? God! <laughs> uh, I just want you to save your voice on all these score this, recaps during this, the summer, that's all. This texture, anonymous, and see, I wish you people would sign your name, because when you send in a funny text that amuses me, I really like to at least give you credit, even if you're one of a million people named John in the country. The Halifax Black Reds. <laughs> the Halifax Black Reds is the leading inside sports suggestion, thanks to that unnamed texter, for the new team in uh, Atlantic Canada. We'll have a little more on the Lucic, uh, on the Lucic uh, hit. You will get reaction from the Oilers' dressing room. Kelly Rudy coming up a little bit later on. It is 6.14 inside sports on 6.30. Chet. For breaking news and expert opinion, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6:30, Chad. All right, the uh, Halifax Black Reds suggestion coming from Andrew in Slave Lake, who texted in to get credit for that one. Good stuff from Andrew, absolutely. You can always text 630-630, and of course our phone number is 780-496-0063. We'll talk a little bit more about the uh, CFL team, a still proposed CFL team in uh, Halifax coming up later. It's going to be fun, uh, Grey Cup week, Kellen Kennedy. I'm going to be doing a couple shows down from the middle of the Grey Cup Festival. Uh, Morley and Dave are going to be hosting mm-hmm. special Grey Cup shows so uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Unfortunately, the Eskimos obviously will not be in the game. I uh, am sticking, and I know you're going to hate me a little bit. Just don't hate me too much. I am sticking with my preseason prediction of yeah. the Saskatchewan Rough Riders winning the Great Cup. Mm-hmm. Could happen. But you sounded quite. You sounded very terrified there. <laughs> uh, it was more of like a. Oh, it was I'm more like you're thinking about out, but it kind of sounded more like. Uh, you know. Well, if that's your natural reaction, I'm, I'm sure for many Edmontonians, the thought of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders lifting the Grey Cup on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium is a terrifying image. Yeah, that'd be kind of hard to live down after a bit. But what are you going to do? Chris Jones can coach. There's no doubt about that. Uh, this texter uh, says, this is uh, Rafal from Grand Prairie, says Lucic needs to get a standing ovation when the team's back in Edmonton. And uh, Gare the Taper says, before the boogeyman goes to sleep, he checks under the bed to make sure Milan Lucic is not under there. And Superman wears Milan Lucic pajamas. Oh, I didn't know they had those. I have to look. 
it's this is this is very interesting to me. Uh, you know, I I've been doing this is this is the start of my my sixth season of doing Oilers hockey in terms of doing the pre and post game show and inside sports. And I did a couple of years uh, producing Oilers now with Bob before that. And I know one of the big stories was, well, the Oilers aren't tough enough. And for the most part, they weren't. I mean, they, they did get pushed around. They did get boxed out. Shirelli has, has tried to address that. And, you know, Cassian, Lucic, Larson, some, some bigger guys who uh, aren't afraid to be physical have been, have been brought in and I, I think have had varying degrees of, of success or shortcomings trying to do some of those things. But, but it's interesting, just, to, just as we were going through that last segment, I, I didn't quite get a chance to finish the whole article during the commercial break, but Joe Haggerty uh, covers the Boston Bruins for NBC Sports in Boston. And a uh, longtime guy covering the Bruins, very, very good reporter. He has written a story on NBCSports.com, Lucic fight reminder of what the Boston Bruins are missing. <laughs> isn't, isn't that interesting? I mean, it's, it's, it's so interesting to see things coming from other NHL cities and the perceptions of, of those teams. And with two goals in 61 games, I... I You'd 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 have to have had pretty low expectations for Milan Lucic not to call that a failure in the offensive department. I mean, it's it's just it's stunning. I mean, last year when it kept going game after game, I kept thinking, well, this can't go on. Eventually, he's going to score three goals in five games, or or uh, you know get burst out and have a couple two goal games in a row, and it'll even out. It never evened out. And then we go into this year, and he scores on his first shot of the season. And uh, what happens? He hasn't scored. So, I mean, I'm thinking, great, he scored his first shot of the year. Okay, his monkey's off his back. He's going to score at a normal rate. He's not scoring at a normal rate. <laughs> so so what do we talk about a lot of times? Why, why, why is Milan Lucic, what line should he be on? How, how can you cut his ice time? I mean, they did take him off the power play. He has been bumped down to the third line. They, sorry, they didn't take him off the power play. They took him off the first power play unit. First, Chason was on there. Chason not able to play yesterday, so Raddy went in there. So he has had his ice time reduced. I, I, he cannot be sent to the minors. He has a no-movement clause. I, I don't think he would ever be a healthy scratch. He, I guess he could have been suspended if they would have slapped him harder for this, this incident. So the, so the dude's going to play. So a lot of the discussion in Edmonton is, what, like, what are we going to do with this guy? short-term and long-term, because don't forget, he has four years left on his contract after this year. And as much as you might applaud some of his physicality and what he did last night, uh, $6 million a year is is a lot of money for a tough guy who might get five goals a year. Now, maybe it'll pick up. I, I hope it does. So we're having this debate in Edmonton. What the heck do we do with this guy? Do we even want him on the roster? Is there a way to get out of it? And now we get the story out of Boston. Man, we sure could use Milan Lucic back on the team. Ah, very interesting. Uh, Wade from Entwistle, right across the river from my old hometown of Evansburg, says, Good evening, Reed. I agree with that one texter saying that Lucic deserves a standing ovation. The Oilers have needed that all last year and the start of this year. That is from Wade. DJ says, Hey, Reed, this is exactly what Milan has to do in order to keep his spot on the team. Nice to see him step up like that. Still need to keep him off the power play, though. That is from DJ. Well, off the, he's off the first unit. And you know what, uh, Raddy, Raddy had a good game, I thought, on the power play. 
I thought actually Ratty had a decent game overall. What I mean, the Vasilevsky save with his head, I'll I'll take that look for Ratty every game of the year. I think that'll go in more often than not. Yakushev, very amusing texter, says, are the Oilers a better team with Lucic on the ice or in the press box? I still think they're a better team with him on the ice. Um, I mean, okay, so you take Milan Lucic out, so that means Yamamoto's playing for sure, Pugliarvi's playing for sure. There, I mean, he's such an interesting player to talk about because the offensive numbers have been so disappointing. And and for large sections last year, he, he wasn't even really hitting or intimidating. The, I mean, this year, at least he's getting in on, on the body check. And, you know, he is getting some chances. Unfortunately, he hasn't been able to finish them. And I got to credit Ryan Strom for setting up Lucic as often as he has. I mean, it's it's not as if Strom has... I don't think Strom's game has been poor by any means, despite his one point uh, on a goal he kind of was able to create on his own and get the shot away during four-on-four hockey. But but anyway, I, I still I still don't think you scratch Milan Lucic and then all of a sudden the team just gets way better. I mean, the Oilers aren't that deep that you can throw in another forward who's likely going to score. I mean, no one's real, no one's getting a ton of goals. Chason and Kajula both had a hot streak. We'll see if Raddy can jump back in and, and do something. So Lucic isn't that much less of a, a probability of scoring than other guys. And he does do some physical things, and he will step up and do what he did last night. Can he do it as much as he used to? Is the league moving away from that? Absolutely. But I know a couple summers ago, uh, I was talking about the uh, the uh, the Lucic contract and, and his situation and what he was going to do for the team and all that kind of stuff uh, with a with a former NHL assistant coach. We said, Reed, Milan Lucic got $6 billion a year because he terrifies people. And I was like, okay. Now, I, look, I, I'm not, that's one opinion, right? I'm not saying everybody out there believe that. And I know some of you are going to say that's, that's ludicrous. And, and, I, and I, I get it. I, I get it. But the Oilers, it went of the regardless of his offensive game, the Oilers currently employ one of the most terrifying players in the National Hockey League. I, I think that's a fact. I don't think that's an opinion. I think that's a fact. Is he is he helping them in other ways? Well, okay, that's up for serious debate. But whether you like it or not, the Oilers currently employ... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. One of the most terrifying players in the national hockey. League. And they'd probably sooner have him than not. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Hey, there's the Nuge. He and the Oilers visit the Florida Panthers tomorrow. It's on 630 Chad, 3.30 face-off show, game at 5. In an hour from now, the final Eskimos coaches show of the season. Jason Moss with Morley Scott. 9-9 nine nine Eskimos not 
in the playoffs. Uh, it is their own fault because they easily could have won a couple more games uh, with better second-half execution. But I'm still beating the drum. And it's not just because it happened to the Eskimos this year. The, now, here's the problem, though. The, the commissioner of the CFL, I don't think, has any desire to get rid of the divisions. And when they add Halifax, well, maybe it'll, I don't know, maybe it'll balance out a little more. I just don't think, I just don't think eight and ten teams like Hamilton should get a home game. You know, if you're a lower seed, you shouldn't be rewarded with a home game. If, you know, if it's in the CFL, there's only nine teams. Usually at least one sub-500 team will make the playoffs. Okay, that's how it goes. Whatever. But you shouldn't get an advantage for having, you know, a, a below-average season. Anyway. Other texts coming into 6.30, Lots of discussion on Lucic and Matthew Joseph last night. This texter says, as other teams have said, let the bear sleep, but he seems to be waking up. Well, teams do see that say that about Milan Lucic. Let him sleep. Don't irritate him. Don't get him overly involved in the game. Now, I think as a pro hockey player, you got to find ways to get involved. Well, Lucic got involved last night. Hopefully uh, he can keep rolling and uh, getting on the score sheet as well. Mike from Sherwood Park says, old school hockey last night. Love it. Everybody that watched the game knows that Joseph deserved it. Lucic was even respectful about doing it in my eyes. That is from Mike in Sherwood Park. Hank, the tank propane salesman, says Tampa Bay got lucky. The ratty save and what, three posts? The Oilers didn't, the Oilers didn't do that bad. Drew's view says it's not all on Lucic for his lack of offense. His line mates like Strom are also to blame. Well, I guess yeah, I would differ you. I think Strom has done more to help uh, Lucic try to get some points than Lucic has for Strom, but uh, we can see differently on that one. Randy says, uh, Reed, you are wrong. The Oilers employ two of the most intimidating players in the game, 27 and 97. Well, fair enough. Uh, certainly intimidating in, in different ways. Talking about uh, physical stuff here. Wannabe texting the show says, I would pay him $6 million just to keep him off opposing teams' rosters. <laughs> Fair comment. And he says, without Lucic, McDavid would not get the freedom on the ice that he does. That is worth $6 million. Steve says, standing ovation for Milan for sure. What makes me mad is that there's a referee there to see the hit on Russell and no call. That is from Steve. And Ken says, hey, Reed, any hockey team can't have all Connor McDavid's on their roster. That said, I struggle with Lucic. Where does he fit in? The start of the season, he was supposedly in the best shape of his life. He could skate better, etc. Even in his diminished role, he still doesn't cut it. I think we have to look at options of somehow trading him to another team uh, that uh, size of the contract or not. Well, Ken, that's, I understand what you're saying. I, I, that is really tough. I, I mean, I know there were rumors last year about was did Lucic ask for a trade? Was something in the works? Was there discussion? I know everybody involved in it, Lucic's agent, Shirelli, ha, has denied that he asked for a trade. That doesn't mean maybe it didn't come up hypothetically. You know, it doesn't mean maybe it was like, well, what if? Am I happy? What what could happen? But he's got a, he's got a no-move clause. And again, who's that's that's still a tough. And I, I know there was a lot of positive stuff there for Lucic. Probably the most positive stuff we've had in a while, and and good for him that you know he's 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 doing stuff to make 
all of you as Oilers fans feel like he's useful, he's he's doing important things. Good for him. That's still a, that's still a tough contract to trade, right? I mean that that's still a very tough contract to trade. So what do you what do you let let's say for you know let's say Milan Lucci says okay you you can trade me, or says here's a list of teams. Whatever, and that's a big if that probably wouldn't happen. So, but let, we can have fun here and talk hypothetically. If you're a, a, a GM of one of the other thirty teams in the NHL, and it occurs to you, ah, I, I might be, I, I might be interested in Milan Lucic. What are you really going to offer for him? You're, you're probably going to offer uh, an overpaid player to the Oilers, right? So, is Edmonton going to going to give Lucic up? to get uh, another contract that that might be questionable at best. So, you know, Ken, I understand what you're saying and yeah, what are we going to get down the road when he when he's when he's older? I I get it. I think there was obviously risk in the length of the contract at the time. I had no I had never had an inkling that in the second half of the second year we'd be talking about that much of a dramatic drop off in offense. N- no way would I have ever guessed that. Okay, fifth year, sure, maybe, maybe, maybe we're getting into it at that point, but that that's a pretty tough one to try to unload if you want to go down that road. You can always text six thirty six thirty. We'll see what Kelly Rudy thought of that play when we get back. Inside Sports on six thirty, Chad. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio six thirty, Chad. Had that commercial with Mike Riley. We'll have a clip from Mike Riley later on in the show about his pending free agency. He did a full uh, one-on-one sit-down with Morley Scott after the season ended. You can get that on the Eskimos page at 630Ched.com. Still getting a lot of texts about the uh, Milan Lucic uh, fine and him going after Matthew Joseph last night. $10,000 fine for Lucic, no suspension, so he's good to go tomorrow against uh, Florida. Thanks for all the texts. I'm just going to move away from, uh, I'll read them all for sure. Going to move away from reading them on air for a couple minutes because I want to bring in Kelly Rudy to the show, our weekly guest here on Inside Sports. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Fine, fantastic, Reed. I'm in Southern California. It's uh, in the mid-80s. I'm just waiting to head over to the rink because the Flames are visiting the, the Ducks tonight. All right, uh, big Pacific Division game. I know we talked about the division last week and still still pretty bundled up. So I, I know for Oilers fans watching that, just don't go to overtime. Just be a two-point game and <laughs> not, not a three-point game. And uh, that's the best they can hope for tonight. The Oilers have lost a couple in a row. Back at it t- uh, tomorrow against Florida. Uh, the story today, Kelly, is Milan Lucic getting fined $10,000, which uh, for his salary is does not amount to a, to a huge amount of money for I don't know what to call it for frightening Matthew Joseph last night. I mean, look, I'm not yep. I'm not making light of it. I'm not necessarily defending it. Uh, I've seen I've seen far worse, and uh, I just wonder what what you thought of that whole sequence. You know what? When I watched it, uh, I suspected that there would be something. I didn't think there would be a suspension, but I certainly thought there would be a fine. Um, you know, I think it's the new NHL, and we should come to expect things like this. Uh, in fairness, he was kind of stalking uh, Joseph. I don't. I I have to admit, though, Reed, uh, I landed at around the time that the game ended, so I didn't see what led up to it. But certainly, uh, Lucic uh, took offense to something, tracked him down, knocked him down, and then with the punch to the top of the head, I suspected there would be something. Uh, I didn't really expect ten thousand. I thought it'd be twenty five hundred or five thousand. But you know, 
I'm really getting my head around it now, and, and it's taken this season for me to sort of, okay, well, it's an entirely different landscape. You go back to two Flames games last week. You had a hit by Ian Cole mid-ice on Mark Jankowski. Cole was given uh, game misconduct as well as five minutes for charging. Uh, to me, it was a perfectly legal hit, um, but, it's again, it was a tiny bit high. Uh, then you go to the weekend game where Duncan Keith, I think, accidentally hit uh, – uh, Dylan Dubé, um, Dubé cut back into him. Keith, I, I know, wanted to hit him, but he didn't expect to hit him in that manner, and Keith was tossed out of the game. So we kind of had this discussion on the panel. Nick was totally against it and wants the game sort of to go back to the old way, which my comment was that I don't think it will ever go anywhere near what it was. So my point is when I saw Lucic uh, punch the guy, I thought, okay, well, for sure, uh, that something's going to happen, and I think from now on, for all of us, we have to accept that if there's something that might involve anything to do with a head or a head injury or a concussion, that there will be consequences. Well, I, I, this is, you said a lot of interesting stuff in there, and I know Rob and I talked about it after the game last night as well. And if we take it into more of the the body-checking angle as opposed to what Lucic did, which, which hey, you know what, I, I get why he was, I, I get was he was yeah. fine. You know, he didn't, he didn't sit there and beat on him for five minutes or cross-check him in the back. Like you said, he stalked him, he went after him, he obviously made his point. The body-checking yeah. conversation is an interesting one. Last night, Zach Cassian, Rob and I thought, left his feet to deliver a body check, and he even turned around and looked a little guilty and thought like he might have to fight somebody. Uh, right. They were mad at – the Oilers were mad at Joseph because he hit Russell. Uh, you know, it was an aggressive hit. I don't know if it was, you know, full-on from behind, but Russell got cut on the play. And earlier this season, yep. Lucic delivered a clean hit on – I think it was Sherratt for the Jets – didn't leave his feet, didn't accelerate into him, hit him shoulder to shoulder, but Sherratt looked a little shaken up on the play, and and Luch gets a penalty. So I look at some of these, though, and think that there is some confusion for the players and some inconsistency with how big hits are being called. Oh, no question about it. And I think it's going to become even more confusing as the season wears on because it looks to me uh, more apparent than ever that it's, it's a changing landscape right now. I mean, it's uh, what would, would have been something not too long ago. Uh, it's like that. I really go back to, and I, I can't comment on the plays you're talking about because I didn't see those, but I really go back to the Ian Cole hit on Thursday. That, that to me was a perfectly legal hockey hit. He didn't charge. He didn't leave his seat. He didn't uh, uh, do any of those things that, to, to my eye, anyways, would lead to a penalty, and yet he's thrown out of the game. So I think leading into the meat of the season, which we're getting into, you know, mid-November, late November, and then all the way through to the playoffs, this will be very difficult for players to adjust because a lot of them played at a time where there was body checking. You know, maybe some of the younger guys in their minor league, junior leagues, college, it wasn't quite as rugged, but there's still a number of guys that are around that played in an era in which there was lots of aggressive hitting. And so, I think that uh, they're going to have to really be very careful and not cross the line. Kelly Rudy joining us on Inside Sports with the NHL on Rogers, and of course former NHL goaltender. Goaltending a story last night. There were a lot of chances in that Oilers-Tampa Bay game. Ty Ratty thought he had one in the first period. Andre Vasilevsky dove back into the net 
and it wound up going off his mask and then and then went out of play. And uh, I think Raddy yeah. was shaking his head because you, you think from that angle it, it might hit the mask and, and, and still go in. Uh, I'm not going to call it a lucky save because you still got to dive back and get into position. Maybe a bit of an unexpected save, but you were a goalie, Kelly, yeah. so you just got to smile when you make those, I guess. You know what? Even if you do call it lucky, you're allowed to be lucky. I mean, uh, you have good breaks or bad breaks, and on occasion you get uh, a good one. And in that case, uh, Vasilevsky was the uh, recipient of some good luck. And, uh, you know, effort was certainly involved, as you said. Um, so I I don't think that it was on uh, purpose. I do think he was intending to make a glove save, and it just happened to be that his head was kind of behind his, his glove, and he got that fortunate break. Kelly, you and I often talk food in this segment. Well, usually you, actually. I just listen. Uh, and drink. Just going to have a little fun here. Uh, the, the, the CFL, three of the four CFL games on the weekend didn't mean anything. Uh, John Gott for Ottawa scored a touchdown, and he chugged a beer. Uh, <laughs> That a fan had fieldside. Now, the CFL has come out and said, you know, we didn't have a rule against this, but maybe we should have one now. Let's just not. Uh, uh, <laughs> I just thought you of all people might appreciate that moment. The mid-game hydration. Oh, that's, oh, that's funny. And uh, I, hadn't, uh, I didn't hear about that incident until you sent me a text uh, earlier today. But it had me thinking about uh, having a drink and trying to play sports. And this was way back to, I'm going to say about 19, well, it was 1980, because it happened to be my draft year, read. And uh, so it's in September. I'm back in Medicine Hat uh, just before we're going to head to uh, New York for my first ever NHL training camp. And uh, there's a charity game. Uh, and so a whole bunch of us, Tigers, and a bunch of other people uh, were involved in this charity game. And between these first and second period, everybody's having a beer and stuff, and I had never had a drop of alcohol, uh, swear to God, uh, when I played sports up until that time. I was completely clean, and uh, so then I, I had a beer, and I'm sitting in the dressing room, and I was a, a real uh, sweater, so I, I mean, I was helped up the warm-up, and so after a period, I'm completely drenched, and I had that beer, and it really went to my head. I went out in the second period, and Reed, I must have let in about six, six goals, and, and I felt completely off. So from that point forward, I've never had like, a drink for any other athletic event because it just it really uh, messed with my balance and my uh, motor skills and so on. Now, one exception, and that's the game of golf. I don't mind a, a couple of beers when I golf, but... Um, so that was a lesson for me. I wonder how that football player felt after he, he chugged that beer because, like I said, my history is it didn't go well. So I wonder if it affected his balance or his motor skills or anything. I, I do believe that's a good rule that the CFL is going to implement something like that. And it's, it's just a bad message to send you know, people. Well, maybe he'd practiced all week, so he felt fine. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Kelly, thanks for checking in tonight. Enjoy the game in Anaheim. Of course, we'll talk next week, buddy. Really appreciate it. Okay, thanks, pal. Kelly Rudy checking in from Anaheim. Flames play the Ducks there later on. Predators and Avalanche start at 8. The Penguins and Capitals are tied 1-1 halfway through the second period. Crosby with his 7th 
on the power play. Ovechkin with his 12th also on the power play. The two big stars, the goal scorers in that game. I did not expect that that interview was going to turn into Kelly Rudy drinking his first beer during a charity hockey game and not feeling great for the next period. <laughs> That's a good one. Did you see the John Gott video, Kellen? Yes. That was incredible. Yeah. And the CF, what the CFL said, well, we, we don't really have a rule against it, so okay, but now we have a rule against it. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was fun. That was fun. Why not? Well, I guess there are a few reasons why not. But <laughs> yeah, probably. I, I, I just realized as I was saying why not, I was like, well, actually, I guess there are, you could you could come up with a few reasons why you why if you're a pro athlete you shouldn't drink during the game. Fair enough. What's that? Uh, is it the beer mile? Oh, where they run and then they have to you, drink. You do four yeah. laps of the track and you chug a beer after every lap. Yeah, I would not do well with that. And I enjoy running and I enjoy beer. I'm not sure if I could do them simultaneously. But that's an actual event. It is. Yep. They're, they they yep. keep they, they keep records in it. So you do 400 meters, chug a beer. 400 meters, chug a beer. Mm-hmm. 400 meters, chug a beer, and then you do the final lap. Well, yep. you'd be you'd be hydrated at least. Well, for a very short period of time, I would think. Uh, Jeff says Kelly's the best. Uh, Len says, hi, Reed. Good show tonight. Lucic could get a standing ovation. Uh, also wondering what happened to the uh, arena PA announcer. Seems I'm hearing Al Stafford. Uh, he's doing an okay job, but what happened to uh, Scott C. Bourgeois, who I actually know, who used to work here at 630 Chet. Uh, Scott C. Bourgeois was replaced by Al Stafford. I believe uh, Scott was informed during the preseason that his uh, services were no longer needed, and Al Stafford is now in that role. So that's uh, about all I can tell you there, Len, but thanks a lot for asking. Andy in Lac-Labiche says, Milan Lucic should have hit Joseph Harder, totally worth the ten grand." Barry in St. Albert says, if I have a Connor McDavid and a Ryan Nugent Hopkins on my team, I'll take Milan Lucic all day long, no matter how few goals he scores. Wow, a lot of love for Luch tonight. I haven't had that in a while. That's good. Coming up to the 7 o'clock news, you'll hear from Mike Riley in the next half hour of the show as he ponders free agency. And we'll also go to Halifax. Sarah Ritchie, who works for Global Television in Halifax, and uh, she's going to update us on what's going on with that CFL team. I mean, they're looking for a team name. They're looking for people to put down deposits on season tickets. Here's a bit of an issue, folks. They have no place to play. Is this realistic or not? That's all in the next half hour of the show. Of course, you can text 630-630-780-496-0063. And uh, C texting in saying, friends used to host what they called the Winemen. 13 miles, and you did one beer per mile. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a half marathon. One beer per mile. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.